Hi, I'm Vincent Andresani, and this is episode 19 of The Place of Sound. Thanks very much for tuning into this episode, and thanks also to those who've been following along through the last few episodes of the show. For those of you who are listening for the first time, The Place of Sound is a show that explores the theme of space, or the social geography, using sound and listening. We do so through a variety of audio media production formats, so you can expect to do a few different types of listening in a single show. Episodes consist of what we refer to as audio portraits, or oral history style interviews that explore the topic of home. Soundscape compositions, which use everyday sounds to communicate the personal and social significance of a given place. And we typically end the episode with a short documentary style piece that over recent months has explored the topic of social isolation, something we know all too well as a result of our lockdown experiences. These are the types of projects that you can expect to hear on The Place of Sound, and all of them are produced by students here at Carleton University. They're what gets produced in Comms 4501 Digital Media Production, which is a fourth-year workshop course in the Communication and Media Studies program. In the last episode, episode 18, we listened to work by Morgan Jones, Julian Almuli, and Riley Dunn. We heard Morgan's audio portrait titled Home Cooked, which featured her friend Malcolm Taylor, who described home through a story about his Vavo's famous Portuguese shrimp. We heard Julian's soundscape composition titled A Taste of Spring in the Glebe, which walks the listener through some of Julian's favorite places in his neighborhood of the Glebe. And lastly, we heard Riley's audio documentary titled The Polarity of Immobility, which explores Riley's take on the contradictions of immobility as a result of his lockdown experience. In this episode, we'll listen to more student projects produced in my media production workshop. But before we do that, we'll pause for a quick announcement by Gracie Lee Phillip. Gracie Lee is the Vice President of the Communications Student Society here at Carleton University. And Gracie's going to take this opportunity to introduce herself and some of the events that CCS has planned for this academic year. Hello, my name is Gracie Lee, and I'm the Vice President of the Carleton Communication Society, alongside Peter, our President. I'm so excited to share some of the amazing opportunities we hold every year and new ones that are coming. First and foremost, we have the mentorship program coming in two different ways. One, the senior mentorship, and two, our original mentorship. Next, we have some amazing events such as LinkedIn workshops, Pints with Profs, or Mingle Mania. I look forward to seeing many of you there this year. And finally, I ask you to sign up to be a member through our Instagram. There you will find all our information and even our email. So feel free to reach out to ask any questions. 
Have a good day and I can't wait to meet some of you virtually or hopefully in person. As Gracie Lee mentioned, be sure to follow CCS on their Instagram account, which you can find at at society to stay up to date with everything that they have planned. In this episode, we'll listen to an audio portrait, a soundscape composition, and an audio documentary. Three projects in total. The first project is an audio portrait by Marika van der Meiden, titled A Place That Feels Safe, and it features her close friend Andrew. As the title suggests, Andrew thinks of home as a safe space, one that offers the individual the freedom to explore who one is and who they might become. The second project is a soundscape composition by Bianca da Tomo titled Home Office. In it, Bianca offers some thoughts on working remotely during the pandemic and shares the new parts of her routine as she adjusted to working from home. And the final project is an audio documentary by Hannah Kelmisto titled Avoiding the Time Suck. Like Bianca, Hannah also explores the loss of routine caused by the lockdown. She discusses the struggles she faced at the onset of the lockdown and some of the things she did on her own and with others to try and reestablish routine during the last year of her undergrad. It's worth noting that each of these projects mark different moments around the pandemic. Bianca and Hannah's pieces were made during the spring of 2021, sometime around March and April, while Marika's piece was made much more recently, in October of this year. Okay, let's begin with Marika's audio portrait titled, A Place That Feels Safe. Marika, over to you. wonderful humans. My name is Marika Vondermeinen, and I'm a fourth-year student at Carleton University. If you're listening to this, then you're about to hear my audio portrait. This was a project I did exploring the concept of home with my very good friend and roommate, Andrew. We explore the meaning of home, home as a place, home as a space, home as good people. So without further ado, here is Andrew on how the journey home is exploring who you are, forging who you might be, and finding the love and security that allow us to be free. My definition of home, I think, very loosely, would be a place that feels safe. It's somewhere where you actually feel free. Growing up, home was somewhere that was very safe. Because I would feel very, very comfortable and very at ease there. That almost familial level of non-expectation of, like, you can be whoever you are going to be or however you're feeling, and there's still love and support here. My current living situation has a lot of that, I feel. The uh, the times where we all get together and like, you know, have fun hanging out in the living room or something or go out for a walk or something like that or make food, you know, um, I really feel able to just sort of 
you know, roll into the living room and whatever's going on, sit down and just feeling whatever I'm feeling and for that to be okay and to be comfortable around the other people enough to even want to share that. I think if you don't have a, a fixed home like that, you tend to seek where you can find those kinds of feelings of safety and security, even unconsciously. Um, and I think in doing that, you gravitate towards the things about your identity that will bring you that feeling that you haven't discovered yet. And I think that is a really important aspect of home is having people around that allow you to feel safe showing up however you're feeling also results in, you know, feeling safe enough to explore how you might be and, and who you might be instead of uh, having to feel that you have to perform any kind of way. Which is actually, not to get too conceptual, but I think um, talking about home, you also, I feel, really have to talk about the departure from home. Um, almost the whole idea of the hero's journey, right? You have to leave home to kind of have these adventures and trials and tribulations and, and figure out who you are. And then the most important element of that whole archetype, and I think of our lives in a lot of ways, is the, is the idea of the return home. You return home changed. And it doesn't have to be the same home that you left from either. But um, for every home, there is also that which is not home. And I think that is equally important in kind of forging who you are. Home is a very powerful concept. Just speaking the word home to people can I think have like a, a powerful reaction. I think there is a part of us, and again, I think this kind of goes back to the hero's journey of like, I think people just want to go home a lot of the time. I think people want that safety. My favorite quote actually, like of all time um, by Ram Dass, is uh, when describing life, uh, he says, we're all just walking each other home. I think there is something profound about the way that we all just want that security and love and, and ability to be who we are. How does one feel working remotely at home when they're used to being out in the world? The pandemic affected their everyday life and well-being. Being someone that now works remotely after years of working at the office my daily environment has changed drastically. I'm Bianca Dotomo, and join me in listening to the sounds of my remote working in a pandemic. It's been almost a full year, 12 months since we were advised to go into lockdown. A global pandemic, they said, to isolate for only two weeks, if only that was the case. The days of waking up and leaving for work are still a thing in the past. My days are now confined in one small apartment morning to night. I start my day off with the morning shower. Retail investment space. And we actually took a deep dive onto how and why it isn't more successful. Not much social interaction these days, so I play one of my favorite podcasts. I never used to listen to them. However, quarantine has made me pick up a couple new hobbies and interests. Now, instead of my daily Starbucks pickup, I settle for coffee at home. doesn't taste nearly as good, but it does the job. The sound of the Keurig is actually rather unpleasant. Who would have thought that something as simple as coffee could have an overall effect on one's mood? 
I skip breakfast and just head straight to my desk to get some work done. We first check on the emails, seeing if there's anything urgent that needs to be taken care of. Working remote is something still very foreign to me, and I find myself online for more hours than I would like to admit. The screen time is high, and I've had to invest in some blue light glasses to keep me sane. This is a sound that you can hear often in my apartment. With three of us all working from home, remotely, laptops are constant and always being used. The typing of the keys play from morning till evening nonstop. When hunger starts kick in, I decide to make food. We've been ordering takeout a lot of the nights. I'm not sure if it's because we're bored at home or don't have the motivation to cook. My partner and I are big travelers and love going to dinners. So staying at home every night has not been ideal. However, when I do decide to cook, I feel a little bit of achievement. I had a light work day, meaning I could take the dog out for a very long walk. Living downtown by the river, you get a lot of sounds. There seems to always be construction or some sort of disturbance. We decide to take a walk right by the river. It is mid-March, so there's still snow on the ground, however the water seems to be flowing today. There are a couple people whitewater rafting as we walk by. You can hear the water flowing past and the snow crunching beneath our feet as we walk on the path. Today seems to be the first beautiful day out in a while. I never was one who liked to go on walks. I actually prefer not to. The lockdown has changed many things, especially this. These walks are now the highlight of my day. Taking in the fresh air and listening to all the sounds, it is a reminder that there's still a world out there that the world is still alive. Hi, my name is Hannah Kelmisto, and what you're about to listen to is the podcast episode I created for a fake podcast series that I made up called Avoiding the Time Suck. And this is episode one called What the Structure? And it examines the loss of structure that I experienced as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Hello, and welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Hannah Kelmisto, and what a wonderful day it is today, getting up again, working from home again on day 400 or so of the COVID-19 pandemic. And I don't know about you, but pre-pandemic, it felt like things were constantly moving and that there was never enough time to do everything that needed to be done, whether that be with school, work, friends, or family, let alone yourself. Since passing the one-year mark of pandemic life, I can't help but reflect on how much has changed, how much I've changed. For some reason, I just keep remembering wishing for life to stop somehow, that things felt too fast, and like I could never really see the big picture. And then finally, through a cruel twist of events, the pandemic happened, essentially forcing pause, but also creating space to stop and reflect. <laughs> 
However, an interesting dilemma I faced was the loss of structure I felt suddenly having work, home, and school all converge in the same place. And without having to physically go anywhere, I quickly began to realize how much I have organized my life and daily routines around physical structures in society, like the city bus schedule to regulate my time. And it wasn't until I didn't have it that I realized I had been equating the mindset of school with a routine that didn't exist anymore in the pandemic. So, lucky for me, the pandemic exposed all the areas of my life where I had fallen into this trap and heading into the last year of my undergrad, I needed to find a way around this maladaptive crutch to avoid the time suck. So for today's episode, let me walk you through a soundscape of my journey to re-establishing structure since living at home during the COVID-19 pandemic. Our government will be creating a billion-dollar COVID-19 response fund. Our window to flatten the curve of the epidemic is narrow. We all need to act now. We will be denying entry to Canada to people who are not Canadian citizens or permanent residents. Let me be clear. If you're abroad, it's time for you to come home. Both Canada and the United States will temporarily restrict all non-essential travel across the Canada-U.S. border. How long do you think social distancing and having people work from home will be in place for? Uh, we've heard anything from weeks to months. Enough is enough. Go home and stay home. What you just heard was a clip from a video posted by the National Post, which looked at the first year of COVID-19 in Canada through major media and news releases, a concept that has really helped me put into perspective this issue of immobility and productivity during COVID was a disciplinary society versus the control society. To make a long explanation short, the disciplinary society is a society that operates on the principle of creating structures that manage people in time and space, like the bus schedule, which is a very traditional perspective and it's how I would describe life pre-pandemic. Meanwhile, the control society operates more like a digital footprint that is far more focused on what society is producing than the channels that structure us to do it. And it is a control society that I believe has taken the forefront in managing the COVID-19 pandemic as seen with the move to online platforms that don't have any physical structure at all like we see, traditionally speaking. When the pandemic first hit in March 2020, I was living in Ottawa with my roommates. And suddenly I was working from home for the first time, which was weird but exciting. And looking back, all I can remember is that first week of lockdown, I remember watching Contagion with my roommate, which we thought was kind of ironic and surreal because it's like, how can this be happening? Looking back now, it's not that funny, <laughs> seeing as we're here a year later. Immediately, though, our apartment of four felt incredibly cramped. And so the second I got the go ahead from my manager to pack up and head home, I did. Being at home at the beginning of the pandemic was, for lack of a better word, fun. <laughs> I was suddenly back home with my childhood dog. 
reconnecting with my brother and parents whom I hadn't seen since Christmas. And yeah, sure, we were on lockdown, but suddenly I had all this time that mere weeks ago I had been begging for. I started working out again. Are we doing the same workout again today? No, we're gonna do a different one. All right, can't wait. Get that energy up, come on, let's go. Essentially just enjoying the freedom that came with not having to physically go anywhere. But the problem was, is that this wasn't vacation. This was lockdown. And it wasn't over in two weeks, or even two months. By the time the midway point in the fall semester rolled around, I was fully consumed in the time suck that was working from home. I felt like I was up to my eyeballs with work and school, as I felt like there was never any break. Suddenly, every hour of the day could be work and school, as well as leisure, and navigating that without the physical structures that I had been relying on was becoming overwhelming. All this extra time made me feel like I was drowning in it, while simultaneously feeling parched for more. Before, in class, it was a structured three hours of time that forced me to attentively listen and be on, if you will, for that time period. And now, in the pandemic, there was no definitive time. So I was always on, which, like a light bulb, I eventually burnt out. And I wasn't the only one. Dad, do you remember last year when we started going on walks? I don't know. It seemed like just the thing to do, right? Sort of like, okay, well, you know, buy some time. I was talking to a guy that today, one of my meetings, he was, he is, he's one of the, he's about 60, and he decided to go into the office. He doesn't want to work from home. And there's about six, of, six, six or seven people in our office, and you think there used to be over 100, and they, they can't work from home. The situation is, he's a bit of a, well, 60. Um, he doesn't need to work. And, but he also said, like, you know, I'm alone. Like, what am I? I can't be like working from home. It's, it's like I'll go crazy. Because I, I need some interaction. Even if I just see a few people, like the janitors, I get a coffee at Tim Hortons. Teaching's completely reinvented. If you told me 25 years ago that I'd be teaching gym and dance and drama online, I would have thought you were out of your mind because at that point, computers didn't even exist to that capacity. The way we've had to use technology and learn technology and, and expect kids to use technology at such young ages has limited what we're able to do and changed what we can deliver, changed how we evaluate, changed how we have relationships with kids. Then you suddenly pivot again and you're back thrown in the classroom and you have to start all over again and reinvent those norms for in the classroom that, you know, didn't necessarily have to be there in the online. And we, and then you're wearing a mask and you're wearing a shield and you, the kids can't hear you. And it's teaching is, is completely different, completely different and maybe forever changed. The clips you just heard um, was first my dad talking about one of the employees that he manages at work, and the other was my mom, a teacher, talking about the difficulties that teachers have faced throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. Even though everyone's situation is unique, it is interesting to see two additional perspectives of people or groups who are also struggling with the lack of structure the pandemic has brought about. Since going on this journey to re-establish a sense of structure, I have to say self-care has been of the utmost importance as I have found it allowed me to connect with myself and learn what it is that I really need for myself and not from an external structure. Unsurprisingly, one of the first things I did was recognize how much my intrinsic motivation system values external incentives. So that has been a key finding in regaining my productivity. 
Lately, I have been using my Alexa to set reminders or planning to go on walks with family, so that way I can take a break and have that time to decompress, or even doing work alongside a study with me video on YouTube, which can be pre-recorded or live, and has been really helpful in terms of maintaining that type of motivation. Now, to wrap this up, I'm going to depart with another concept I learned this year in a first-year cognitive science class that I'm taking as an elective. There's a part of the brain called the mind-wandering system, which is exactly what it sounds like and is our default mode network that's on when we're not paying attention. The brain is constantly thinking and analyzing surroundings, and this system can be helpful in identifying big picture aha moments, as we'll bring things to our attention that are important, but we may have been pushing to the side. Now, let's look at our pre-pandemic society and ourselves operating within it like a brain with the mind-wandering system on in the background. Then suddenly, the COVID-19 pandemic immobilizes life as we know it. This would be the aha moment, effectively shuffling everything else to the back and forcing us to look in the mirror. Thanks very much for tuning into this episode of The Place of Sound. But before I sign off, a couple of quick notes. The first is about the featured work section on The Place of Sound website. It's a blog that presents some of the individual projects that you will hear or have heard on this show. On the site, you're of course able to play the audio work itself, but you can also see some of the original photos and the writing that students produce to go along with the audio. Since you can't read that writing or see those photos on the radio show, this is a great way to access it. So check that out in the blog section on theplaceofsound.ca. And the second is that we've now put together enough episodes that there's a bit of an archive emerging. To listen back to previous episodes, you can find them in two places, on ckcufm.com or on the website at theplaceofsound.ca. In the meantime, Keep your ear out for upcoming episodes, which air on CKCU Radio every other Monday at 6.30 p.m. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Place of Sound.